There's something flying over our homes in the nighttime. What could it be, you may ask? Well, many upon many people are reporting sightings of what they believe to be the Mothman. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true encounters with the Mothman. If you have a story that you would like to share, whether it's an encounter with the Mothman or a different type of cryptid, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. This happened sometime around 10 or 11 years ago, and I still remember every detail like it happened to me last night. My mom, my friend, and myself were driving home from a concert super late one night, sometime around 1am, and we were driving through some mountains. I think we were around Harrisonburg, Virginia, or somewhere near the West Virginia border. I'm not exactly sure. The roads were seriously winding, and it was so dark you could go only a couple of feet ahead of you. The roads were seriously winding, and it was so dark you could only see a couple of feet ahead of you, thanks to the headlights of the car. My friend was asleep in the back seat, and she luckily didn't witness any of this. I, on the other hand, was sitting in the front seat trying to help my mom stay awake. Everything was going as expected, just normal driving, when literally, out of nowhere, this huge, and when I say huge, I mean probably around six foot long but still very big, thing flies directly in front of our car. Somehow, I was able to really see a lot of this thing, even though this whole thing lasted maybe only 10 seconds in total. But this creature was, like I said, about 6 feet long. I only say this because it was longer than the front of our car. It had these big black and dark gray wings that were like bird-like or maybe even moth-like. They were against the sides of it, kind of like when you put both of your arms down by your side. It was flying sideways and was right in front of our headlights. So that would mean it was only a few feet away from the ground, and it was flying incredibly fast. We probably should have hit it considering we were going 60 miles per hour, but somehow we didn't. The creepiest and most disturbing part of it was that the body looked so human, and it had this gray and white bald head. My mom and I both saw the exact same thing, and thank goodness that she did see it, because I'd feel even crazier if she didn't see it. We kept driving and never stopped. We still to this day keep trying to explain it away. Maybe it was a bat or an owl, but I've never seen a bat or an owl that big. There's just no way. I did some research and years ago in the 1960s, there were a ton of Mothman creature sightings around West Virginia. I guess he's back, or maybe he never left. For a while now, ever since I was a kid, I've been fascinated with Point Pleasant, West Virginia. My dad used to tell me stories of the Mothman and how it terrorized the small town back in the 60s. It's because of his stories I started doing research on other cryptids and urban legends, like Skimwalkers, Wendigos, the Jersey Devil, and many others. Point Pleasant was the closest town to me, so I made it a goal to drive down there for a weekend on the 53rd anniversary of the first Mothman sighting. On Friday, November 15th, I picked up my stepbrother and stepsister, and we headed down to West Virginia. They were both skeptics. They didn't care about the legend. 
I honestly don't know why they even wanted to go in the first place. We made it to the small town around 3 p.m. and checked into the low hotel. A couple of hours after going into the Mothman Museum and checking out the other small shops, my two friends, Katie and Joanna, made it down for the weekend trip as well. We all met at the Mothman restaurant where some locals knew we were from out of town and enjoyed us talking about the small town. One of them asked, You folks go check out the TNT area yet? I responded with, Not yet, but it's on our to-do list. This is when our group thought it would be a great idea to go there at nighttime and head to the area where Mothman was sighted by the two young couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry, and Steve and Mary Mallet. We bought lights and headlamps and headed to the area at around 8.45 p.m. We approached a gate that was blocked off so no vehicles could pass by and decided to get out of the car and walk into the wooded area. It was really dark out and all we had to guide our way was our lights. We brought in my GPS leading us to one of the bunkers. We made it to an opening in the forest where I believe the factory's building once stood before getting demolished. It was at this time my stepsister and Joanna saw a pair of eyes staring at us from the woods. Whatever it was, turned around and walked back into the forest. They assumed it was a big animal, and for our safety, we headed back to the car. As we passed the gate, I noticed it could be lifted with two people, and we decided to open it and head in with my car. As soon as we passed the open area, we found a bunker to our right, parked the car, and went inside to get some pictures. Our one friend was beginning to get a little too uncomfortable, so for her sake, I told her we will come back when it's daylight, so we could be more aware of our surroundings in the wood. We got back in the car, and I pulled back into the road. Before we could take off, Katie and I told the group we were going to close the fence since it was closed for a reason. We got out of the car, which was facing away from the fence, and the only lights we had were my brake lights on. We picked up the fence and slowly started moving it back into place. That's when I saw it. A pair of glowing eyes staring at me from the bunker we were just at. They easily stood six to seven feet off the ground, and it was just staring at us. I stopped moving and I said, Katie, do you see that? She responded with, what? And looked up and saw the eyes too. The moment we both were looking at the eyes, it became red and started coming toward us. I yelled, Katie, run! And as she screamed and ran for the car, the creature pursuing us let out this horrifying roar. Nothing I have ever heard in my life before or since. As Katie ran, she fell and hit the ground hard, and I didn't move till I knew she was safely inside. As soon as I got her in, I ran. The eyes were easily 15 feet away from me at this point, and I jumped in the car and pressed on the gas as hard as I could. The road to get out of the TNT area is a 35 mile per hour road, and I was easily doing 100 to get out of there. We were very shaken up about this event, but it honestly felt like history was repeating itself 53 years ago. Once we got back to the hotel, we gathered our thoughts and I tried to think logically on what we saw. We looked up wildlife local to the area and tried to compare the noise, but nothing matched. I'm not saying it was the Mothman or Sheep Squatch or Wendigo, but something about the way it stood and started coming towards us made me think otherwise. My group and I have decided to invest in tech to record our cryptid hunts next time we go. We want to return back to Point Pleasant soon to try and capture what we saw on camera. Cryptid hunting is no joke. What we felt was genuine fear, and we could have died that night. Yes, it might have been a bear. It might have been a mountain lion. But you got to be careful. You don't know what's out there, 
waiting in the dark for its next meal. I was at a summer camp for eight days, but I only spent six days at the camp as it was a day's drive up and back. The first few days were normal enough, but it was the night of the third day when I couldn't sleep on account of the awful tents, which hardly closed and seemed to be infested with insects and arachnids of every kind. So I was awake for most of the night listening to the sounds of the Tennessee woods, until I noticed some peculiar noises which didn't seem normal. I first noticed strange noises at around 1am, one hour after lights out. First, it sounded like footsteps, but as time went on, I started to hear what sounded like whispering. I couldn't make out what it was saying at first because it was barely audible. I was pretty shaken up, but eventually the noises quieted down and I fell asleep. The next morning I told Steve about it and we both shrugged it off, although at this point I wasn't sure I had been dreaming. I forgot about it into that next night shortly before lights out when I remembered and told Brian, X, and Pete. Even though I was dreading it, of course, I would have to go to sleep eventually. When I went into my tent, I unsurprisingly could not sleep because of the noises. I couldn't sleep because I had what seemed like 6 billion bugs in my tent. At about 12.30 to 1am, the noises started up again, this time louder and more intense. The noises started with footsteps again but the footsteps quickly evolved into voices, not whispers but full volume talking and possibly even yelling at one point. Then the sounds morphed into chirping and squeaking. At one point I even heard what sounded like a medieval battle horn like the Narnia movies. Eventually I grew tired of cowering in my tent and decided to check out the noises. I walked down to the bathrooms which were about 200 feet away and down a hill from my tent. When I got to the bathroom, I realized that the squeaking noises seemed to be coming from a leaky old hose, which was a huge relief. I relieved myself and went back to my tent. I lay down and it appeared the noises had stopped, but of course, that was only temporary. When the noises started up again, I called out in a slightly hushed tone, thinking it was somebody playing a prank. It was about 2.30 to 3am at this point and my friend Pete responded to my call and came over to my tent. Pete said that he had been up for a while because of the bugs in his tent when he noticed the noises too. He said that he had been up for about 30 minutes when he heard me and came over to my tent. Pete and I hung out in Steve and I's tent for a while. Steve slept through the entire night even with Pete and I trying to wake him up. While we were in the tent, the noises would stop and start repeatedly, alternating every 10 minutes. While Pete and I were in my tent with Steve sleeping next to us in the tent, we noticed that the footsteps were getting increasingly closer and louder. The footsteps were so much that it sounded like they were right outside the tent. We figured it was another kid in a nearby tent named Edwin sleeping. He did have a sleepwalking problem. We call out to Edwin asking if he was alright and there was no answer. We shrugged it off and continued talking. Actually, Pete got tired and returned to his tent at about 4am. At this point, I decided I would try to get some rest too. I had been laying down for somewhere around 10 minutes when the noises started up once again and I realized I would not be getting any sleep that night and decided to walk around the camp and try to find the source of these noises. I did not find anything, however, I did walk by Brian and X's tent. I decided to see if they were awake by whispering into their tent. Brian was awake but X was not. I asked Brian if he heard the noises and he said he did. Brian had said he was listening to the noises for about an hour and a half when I came over. 
I told Brian to keep his ears open for any more weird noises and went back to my tent. About 20 minutes later, I hear the noises start up again. I decided to wait for a few minutes to see if the noises would stop. The noises did not stop. I decided to go check around the campsite one more time. This time, though, I went to Brian and X's tent first to recruit them to help me check. When I got over there to the tent, both Brian and X were awake. It was almost 6 a.m. now, so X and Brian came out of their tent and walked around with me. We had checked the entire campsite and were about to return to our tents. We happened to be walking by the edge of a huge rectangular clearing behind our campsite when we saw a strange animal at the other end of it. It was probably no more than 200 feet away. The thing looked like it was prone. It was completely still, just watching us. We didn't know what it was, so we started walking toward it. When it realized we were coming toward it, it got up. And this is when we realized that what we were looking at was no ordinary animal. The thing was about 3 foot 6 and humanoid, with a hunched over posture and huge glowing orange eyes the size of tennis balls. It appeared to be pushed into its torso, having an appearance like that of some depictions of the Mothman. When it got up, it started hobbling away towards a large ditch. That's when I noticed some very interesting looking wings. As we got closer, it became more frantic and started to move faster. But by the time we got there, it was gone and the ditch was empty. We checked the area and there was nothing. We found nothing of importance. Though, in somewhat of a hilarious turn, we did find an empty bag of planter's peanuts about 10 feet away from where the creature had been. So a while back, probably about 7 or 8 years ago now, I was on a Mothman kick. I did have a lot of internet research on the subject. The history, sightings, potential links to other things people have claimed to see. I ended up dragging two friends of mine into the mix and got them interested. A short time after the initial interest, maybe a week or two later, two strange things occurred. We're originally from a seasonal resort town, busy and full of life for around six months, then quiet and desolate for the other six. The entire surrounding area is heavily wooded, a lot of small roads that go through the woods in small communities. One night in December, we were driving around for the lack of anything better to do. The subject of Mothman had come up several times during the night. We would drive around a bit, mess around, stop, have a cigarette, drive some more, blast music, stop at a convenience store, hang out, in the lot, drive more, etc. Anyway, we just stopped at the store and grabbed some drinks and got back in the car. We started driving and ended up going down this long dark road in the woods. No houses around, no lots or side roads for another car to come from, just trees as far as you could see. It was kind of a simultaneous reaction. All three of us noticed red lights behind us, like taillights almost. At first it was kind of distant and then it started getting closer like it was going faster. We all commented on how we were slightly unnerved. Where did that quote-unquote car come from? And when it was about 30 feet away from us, it just disappeared. Gone. We were all freaked out. An hour or so later, we got back to our friend's house. We went upstairs and we were still talking about the lights and how strange it was. And then from the outside of her house, we could hear a shill screech. We all froze in fear and looked at each other. We went out on the porch from her room. There was nothing out there. Just trees, as far as we could see. Was it just some strange, unexplainable coincidence? 
Or is it something entirely explainable? Was it just some hype from all the Mothman talk? I can't explain the red lights. The screech could have been some sort of animal, maybe. I've never heard anything like that before, though, and I've lived here my entire life. Okay, even if it was something strange, how would it know we were talking about it? And even so, do unexplainable creatures that may or may not exist have nothing better to do than mess with a group of teenagers? I would love to know your thoughts in the comments down below, but I do think we might have been chased by Mothman. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? It can happen when you're alone or with others. You feel this indescribable, primal emotion, sort of like a mental itch, that just tells you you're being stalked by something. This is exactly how I felt on the drive into Huron, Menisti National Forest. For those who are unfamiliar, this is a beautiful and massive park that's bordered almost entirely by Lake Michigan. I have many fond memories of my experiences here, but the story I'm about to share falls into an entirely different category. I was with my girlfriend of about six months at the time. We'll call her Diane. She was driving as we pulled off the interstate and neared the smaller roads that led into the designated camping area of the park. Originally, we planned to set up our campsite in the spot, but upon arrival we noticed it was very crowded. After a bit of deliberating, we opted to grab our camping gear, which was only a minimalist tent, a few days worth of food, and some bottled water, and we hiked a mile or so inland, away from where the other campers would be situated. After all, we came out here to have some intimacy, and being surrounded by strangers cracking beers and partying did not really fit that bill. It was around 6 o'clock when we finally arrived at a suitable campground. It was a clearing just up a small hill about 15 meters in diameter, surrounded by thick woods on every side, including where we entered from. We first heard it when we were setting up the tent. A thick, deliberate scream, reminiscent of an animal in a good deal of pain. It rang out across the clearing. What the hell? Diane muttered. The sound ended as abruptly as it started, and almost as if it was in a cartoon, a flock of birds in the trees overhead took off, all flying back the direction we had came from. What was that? I asked, a barely noticeable quiver in my voice. I don't know, maybe a deer or something. After giving her theory, Diane continued to pitch the tent and I did too. Though I found the sound hard to shake. After the tent was set up, Diane suggested we better get ready and get this firewood started before it gets too dark. As there was no existing fire pit, we had to kind of make one. I remember saying that I thought I saw good material just outside the clearing on our way in when a strange noise came from overhead. It was gone in an instant. It sounded like a very large bird swooping just over our tent. We both heard it and immediately looked up and looked around the area. Though we could not see the thing that made the sound, whatever, whatever this thing was, we didn't know. All we could tell was that this was something very large and big. Fast forward a few hours and the sun was setting. After a rather grueling wood haul, we were able to get a proper fire going, and we were stereotypically toasting marshmallows over the flame, while casually flirting and telling ghost stories. As I was biting into my charred sweet, me and her, once again, heard that scream. This time, it was much closer than before. The noise rang out in a way that made my ears throb, and I had to cover them with my hands. 
It lasted longer this time, too, going for about five or six seconds. Diane stood up. What is that? She yelled, as if trying to ask whatever made the scream. Though the sound was unnerving, I was more annoyed than scared at that point. A real a-hole of a deer, we both laughed. I swear, if it does that while I'm asleep, I'm just going to scream back. Our jokes dissolved the tension quickly, and we went back to toasting our marshmallows watching the sky dissolve from purple into a deep blue ocean. The rest of that night was uneventful until we went to sleep. Sometime around 12 or 1 in the morning, I woke up to a loud thud outside, as if something heavy was dropped. What was that? She was still groggy, so I jostled her arm. Diane, wake up. I think something's outside. What? What do you mean? An animal or something? She just continued to lie there, so I said something to get her attention. I'm scared. She sat right up in the tent, and I could see with my phone flashlight that she was very tired. Okay, you want me to go look? I guess. Without complaining, she got up out of the sleeping bag, taking with her my phone, and exited the tent. Hello? Anyone out here? She called, jokingly, as she shined her flashlight around the clearing. I watched her from the tent as she walked into the center of it, illuminating the area with the phone. Then, near the edge of the clearing, she spotted something. Whoa. Hey, see, come here. I squinted, realizing I could barely see, and reached back to grab my glasses before getting out of the tent and walking over to her. This might sound strange, but the air felt heavy, like, like it does before a thunderstorm. There was also this faint smell of copper in the air. It grew stronger as I went over to her. Looking where she was shining the light, I saw what looked like a young fawn. At first, I thought it was sleeping completely unaware of us, until I saw the markings in its back. Deep in its fur were these gouges, about two feet apart. They were darkened, obviously soaked with blood. It looked almost as if the deer was picked up by some predatory bird. I found this confusing because I couldn't think of a prey bird around here that would be able to lift an animal that easily, that heavy off the ground. This thing was easily 50 pounds or more. What the hell? I said aloud. Even stranger, though, was the fact that the only markings on this animal were on its back. There were no other wounds, so whatever had done this to the deer didn't feed off it at all. It just killed it and left. Babe, I really don't like this. Diane wrapped her arm around me, pulling me to her. I know. I know. Let's get back to the tent. We'll get it here as soon as the sun comes up. I nodded slowly, and we both began walking back to the tent. A few footfalls back, though, we heard a twig snapping. Diane shined the flashlight behind us, revealing nothing at first. She scanned the tree line, and to my horror, we saw something. Directly in front of us, maybe 20 feet away or so, was a large humanoid figure. It glared at us. And whether it was because of the flashlight or these things' natural disposition, its eyes appeared to be bright red, glowing orbs. I was horrified. If I had to guess, I'd say the thing was between 8 and 10 feet tall. It was feathered in a deep gray coat. It stood, staring at us. It didn't seem to have a separated head, but rather, its eyes were just plastered on the top of its body, sort of like an owl. Both me and my partner were stunned as we looked at this thing whatever it was. It was then that it extended its arms or wings, revealing a very wide wingspan. It seemed to flow from its entire body, much like a moth. Without warning, it screamed at us, 
The sound was unbearable, thick, heavy, and blood-curdling, like a fire alarm amplified by a hundred. I collapsed to the forest floor, clutching my ears as Diane held me. The last thing I remember was her saying my name as my vision faded to black. When I awoke, I was in the back of our car. I was surprised and sat straight up. Diane spotted me in the rearview mirror. I'm glad you're awake, as she spoke. I noticed my ears were ringing a great deal. I clutched my head up in pain. What the hell happened? I grew pale in the face remembering the creature from the night before. She kept her eyes on the road as she said. The thing, it took off almost as soon as you blacked out. Like a jet, it was insane. I took you back to the tent and waited until it was dawn before I booked it. Y you mean you carried me all the way? I tried to wake you up a few times, but you were out cold. It wasn't too bad, anyway. But I had to leave the tent. I sighed before nodding slowly. Money will never get back, I paused, and thank you for protecting me. I saw her smile in the rearview mirror without another word. To this day, we're still together. As strange as it is, the event seemed to bring us closer. We talk about it often, using it as an anecdote when friends come over. It's a very healthy way to process an ordeal like this. We've been living together for quite some time now, and I see marriage as a very realistic future for us. As for the creature itself, I'm still unsure what it was. Based on its behavior and its striking physical form, I'd have to say my best educated guess would be that we encountered the Mothman, a humanoid cryptid that is said to have the body of a moth with glowing red eyes. According to the folklore, it's commonly seen as an omen before a major disaster. I still think about that night often. Honestly, I don't know if I'd still be alive right now to write this story if it wasn't for my partner. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Mothman encounter horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that's very helpful. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to give this episode a 5-star rating over there, as it helps me out a ton. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day and all things natural and supernatural. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story tonight was your favorite. It helps me pick out better stories in the future when you let me know. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but would still like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify. Apple Podcast, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you'd like to support the Swamp outside of all that, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.